Well, first we're going to pour ourselves a little abstinence um, because it's five o'clock. So this happy hour is brought to you by Abstinence Spirits, which is an award-winning non-alcoholic drinks that range, you know, all kinds of things. It's made through this cool uh, artisanal distillation. You've tried it. It's everything from South Africa's Cape Floral Kingdom. So when you look at the ingredients, it is... Uh, pure ingredients. Yeah. There's no sugar added. There's no any preservatives. It's unique flavoring with no calories. And you could mix alcohol with it or just put it on ice or with your favorite mixer. doesn't make you feel like a kid. It's yeah. got an adult look to yeah. it. You can bring it to somebody for, you know, especially... I, I always laugh. Cause do, do you try the Cape Spice? Yes. And uh, I always laugh when I just had the baby. People would never know what to bring ma, new moms. Yeah. This would be perfect. It really would. Especially if you're you breastfeeding. You can get it at Kowalski's. No, it's... Okay. Abstinence is what you look for. Beautiful bottle. Okay, listen. Hollywood. We've got to move on to the Golden Globes. Yeah. Um, It's happening. It's Sunday night. Yes. And even though it's been... If you go to the Golden Globe site, which I did do earlier today, they had the countdown clock showing that the award show is Saturday night. And um, <laughs> oh no, that's not a good sign oh, for the no. event. Oh no, oh no, things you feel like things are oh, falling apart. Yeah, yeah, wow. the clock down read two days, eight hours away, and I'm not kidding. That would be Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, so hopefully they'll fix it. And they've got uh, they've announced 17 presenters. And as I told you yesterday, we don't know who's getting the Lifetime Achievement, Cecil B. DeMille Award, or the Carol Burnett Show. But the presenters are, so far, America Ferrara, Daniel Kaluuya, Florence Pugh, Issa Rae, Oprah Winfrey, even though the color purple got snubbed, but two of Fantasia and Daniel Brooks, Brooks are nominated. Mm-hmm. And Gail King probably begged Oprah because yeah. it's airing on CBS. Angela Bassett, Julia Garner, Justin Hartley, who's in a new CBS show, mm. and um, then the guys from Suits. But we do have a little bit, and I thought I'd play. We'd bring this because I know you're a fan of Joe Coy, and I mean he was yeah. like the fiftieth person asked in Hollywood Ooh. to to host this, but he's being real upbeat. I'm not that familiar with him. I as a comedian, I just knew him when he dated Chelsea Can Handler. Yeah, yep. yeah. And but I never like watched any of his stuff. But here's a little bit from CBS Morning. Michelle Turner is in Los Angeles with Joe Coy right now to talk about this big night. Michelle, good morning. Always good to see you. Let's send it over to you right now. Good morning. Jerika has bars this morning yeah, for us, Joe, that. you know? Florence yes. Pugh, to name a few. Good morning to you from Los Angeles. But it, it feels kind of weird to say good morning because it's zero dark 30 yes. out here this morning. You and I have been up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have it's, definitely it's, been it's up. It's still midnight our time. Yes, it is. I want to jump right in, though, Joe, because this is going to be a really big night for mm. you. But what was going through your head when you first got that call and they said, we would like you to host the Golden Globe Awards. I was, here's the thing, I was dead asleep, phone dead, <laughs> and uh, they couldn't get a hold of me. They sent my <laughs> nephew to my house, banging on my door. That's hilarious. And uh, literally, I was groggy, uh, not, you know, yeah, my head you're was like, just, is this yeah, a dream? And then, and then, and then, I, and then my publicist is like, you ready? You're, you're going to be, you're going to host the Golden Globes. And it was like, oh, no, no, that's not happening. Like, 
You I didn't believe it. You know what I love about you, though, and I think it's because I identify with it a lot. You said, um, I read where you said, this is the moment I get to make my Filipino family proud. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Because it does mean a lot. Like, you know, we, we say this all the time, and I, I think we beat it over the head a lot, but it's like, it's representation, man. Mm -hmm. It really does. It's like when I was a kid, all we could watch were award shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and as a kid, you, you look for something to, to inspire you indirectly. You know, I don't need you to tell me who you are, but as long as I can see you up there, then I know that it's possible. And I didn't have that. And, and now here we are. Mm -hmm. All right. Know, so there is. So he's yeah. like super excited. And that makes me excited for him. And yeah, it's a huge on entertainment or Access Hollywood, he sat down with Billy Bush and he said he called everybody who's ever hosted a show and. And he's like, Seth Meyers talked to me and, you know, Jimmy Kimmel talked to me. Everyone yeah. was like, because he was like, whoa, I, you know, because either way, there will be people that are going to love you and then people that are going to hate. It's a thankless job. Yeah. You know, and the Golden Globes were literally shut down and revamped because they had no people of color. Yeah. In their 77 body member wasn't great you know wasn't great and so um it it, it does really it, it really annoyed me that they didn't nominate the color purple when they have at the golden globes they have two big movie categories they have drama and then they have musical comedy so they can i'm like okay this color purple yeah doesn't get more musical than there's not that many exactly yeah so anyway but oprah Loves Gail King dearly, and so she's one of the presenters, and she will be wearing a purple gown. Of course. And um, so, yeah, but, you know, the two ladies, as I said, are nominated, Fantasia and Daniel Brooks. That's another movie I would like to see this weekend. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, and, and a lot of them are streaming, too. I was listening mm -hmm. to... Um, Bradley and Dawn. Yes. And they were talking about the the May December one oh. is streaming on Netflix. Yes. So if you want to watch that, that's up for a few awards. And then there's that uh which one? The May December one. Oh yeah, May December. Um is on Netflix. Yeah, I watched it on Netflix. And um you know, Julia and I differed on this. She was so she couldn't handle um, that it was basically the Mary Kay Letourneau and Vili Falau story. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I was just like, okay, this is like watching any other dramatization of, uh, we've already known about this tabloid yeah. scandal, this horrible thing that happened to this boy. Absolutely. You know, so it wasn't like anything of a new. You were able to compartmentalize yeah, the idea that, of a young movie, boy. Because yeah. it was so interesting Absolutely. how they did it. But, uh, Billy Falawe was um, contacted by the Hollywood Reporter, and he's seen the movie, and he is not happy. Um, and the main reason, because uh, Charles Melton basically is playing him. Mm -hmm. Joe is 13 in the movie when he's first seduced by Julianne Moore's 36-year-old character. Billy was 12 when 34-year-old Mary Kay Letourneau first victimized him in 96, and... She later pled guilty to child rape, served time in prison. And, you know, we see this, but he was, he said he couldn't believe no one had contacted him. Not yeah. the director. Not He said, I, and I thought, well, this is a lot of times how Hollywood works. But yeah. he said he was, I just 
I just can't understand. I'm alive and well. If they had reached out to me, um, instead they just do a ripoff of my original story and nobody thinks to talk to me. I'm offended by the entire project and the lack of respect given to me who lived through the real story and is still living it. Dang. Uh, Representatives uh, for Todd Haynes, Julianne Moore, Charles Melton, and Natalie Portman have declined to comment. That's actually... But it's not uncommon. I know it's not uncommon, but it's actually insane that... That 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 they've referenced. There's so much likeness, right? Like it's a hundred percent the Mary Kay Laterno story. It's but it's set in Savannah, and uh, she's like uh, a baking. Uh, she's not the school teacher. I mean, they've changed a few th- things, but we all know that that is the, 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 the dramatization of Mary Kay Laterno. When this happens in Hollywood, are they avoiding talking to this person intentionally because they don't want to have to pay rights or whatever? Or is it un- unintentionally just kind of a laziness of like, we're telling a story, we don't need you, we've got everything we need? I, I you know, I, I don't know. It could be both, it could be all, but Todd Haynes himself, the director ha- on Red Carpet, said yes, he was very much inspired. Yeah. By that, that's where he came up with the idea. He said it, 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 he said there were times where it became very, very helpful to get specific about the research. And we learned a lot from the relationship because it was in tabloids and it was so intensely covered by the media. And then what is your overall, like you, you still haven't said, do you, did you like the movie? Did you not? You know what? I, Charles Melton is a revelation and, um, you know, he played Reggie on. Riverdale for like so seven years. Near and dear. I know, but oh, I, I mean, love it. I love it. I, I'm, he just, you know, and he's been very, um, just like going to Riverdale, doing 91 episodes, however many. It was a lot of episodes because they did seven seasons. Yeah. But he, he said it was like going to acting school because of all the directors and crazy. It's like working on a soap opera, I think Riverdale became. He's really great in it, and it's interesting, this actress who wants to do a movie on their life goes mm-hmm. very method oh. to play Mary Kay. Oh, I, no. I, I thought it was, you know, really good, sad. Obviously, yeah. You know, um, but also poignant, and I'm like, damn, Charles could win everything, and I don't want him to beat Ryan Gosling in the Best Supporting Actor category. Yeah. At the Oscars, you know, for Ken, because there's never been a Ken. So Ryan Gosling really did create that character from nothing. There's, a, there's been countless Barbies. Oh, no. Ken, I mean, he, he was he Ken. Made, was, I rewatched Ken. that movie uh, over yeah. the break, and holy buckets. Yeah. If he doesn't perform I Am Ken at, Ken at the Oscars, mm-hmm. I don't even know what yeah. we're doing here anymore. Right. I, I literally don't understand. But those understand. two would be up against each other. That's a rough so. one. And it's so different of a vibe, well, yeah. obviously. And and Charles really makes you feel the... Uh, you just feel everything for... Because yeah. for, for, he's a victim. Yes, he is. But you don't really... The film is interesting in that you really... He feels the gaze of it when he really starts answering some of this actress's questions. And then he also has some meaningful um, relationships because he's like 34 and his kids are going off to college. Yeah. You know, because he was was 13 and 14 when he had the kids, you know, but the real Billy was like 12 
13 and 15 when his daughters were born. And he's 40 now. So, yeah, he's pissed about it. He's not happy. I mean, I I see where he's coming from. Yeah, I know. All right, listen, we'll be back. Hey, everybody, it's Lori here for Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters. We're so excited to tell you guys about an amazing show that's coming to the Chan on March 1st. It's beautiful, the Carol King musical. I saw the Broadway touring production a couple years ago, and I was just blown away. I haven't loved a show like that since, uh, you know, Jersey Boys. It's it's got that feel, um, beautiful, the Carol King musical, because it's 1955, young Carol King goes to New York City to sell. She's got songs to sell, and I mean, the music in it is fa- fabulous. Will You Love Me Tomorrow, Take Good Care of My Baby, Some Kind of Wonderful, I Feel the Earth Move. You'll recognize that this would be a great show to, you know, go with your girlfriends or a special occasion. And the woman who played Carol King on Broadway, Monet Sabel. Sable, excuse me, is coming back for this. March 1st, beautiful, the Carol King musical. You're not gonna you are not gonna want to miss this show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Okay, Grant. All right. Well, we're going to start this dirt alert out with just a little quick story about the passing of an actress that I just wanted to mention. Actress Glennis Johns. She's known as playing Mrs. Banks on Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah. She has passed away at the age of 100. Wow. Yeah, she lived a long life, but she's a British actress and she died in L.A. And her manager, Mitch Clem, has confirmed today that uh, she'll be buried next to her father in the U.K., but she passed away of natural causes at an assisted living home in L.A. But 100 years old, long life, and very famous character, Mrs. Banks from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just wanted to... Well, she, she, yeah, that's right. She was the suffragette mother, Mrs. Yeah. Banks. Mrs. Banks, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to throw Thank that out you. there to so let people know that that is uh, a little unfortunate. But Oh, we, yeah, you'd recognize her. Yeah, as soon as you see her face, yes. you'd recognize her 100%. But um, let's go over to some news about Sally Field and Burt Reynolds. Now... It's well known that they have had a rocky relationship back in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. But uh, she's got a book coming out called 50 Oscars. No, no, not, not. She doesn't have a book. Or she's in the book. Oh, she's in the book. Dave Oh, Cardman. she reveals. You're right. My apologies. Yeah. You're, you're right. There's a book coming out called 50 Oscar Nights. And she told People Magazine that in this book, she shared some stories about how Burt Reynolds was not such a nice guy and was very jealous of her prominence in and as she became a very prominent actress. 
Um, so she wanted to go with that. He, she said that he couldn't handle the buzz that she was receiving around her breakout performance in the 1979 film Norma Ray. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah. Sally wanted to go to is it, it, it's Cannes Film Festival. Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, I always mix that one up. I always say Cannes, but Cannes Film Festival in support of the film. And she says that uh, Bert poo pooed about it when she, when she had planned the trip. And he said to her, quote, You don't think you're going to win anything, do you? He's, he was a bad boyfriend. I know. And she dated him for like five years. Five years. Yeah. yeah, Dave Carger, um, he's the Turner, he's one of the hosts on Turner Classic Movies. Oh, there we go. If that name sounds familiar, and Julie and I met him on the red carpet years ago. He does different, he covered different things, but he decided to do 50 Oscar nights, and he got 50 Oscar winners to tell him their story about what they remember about that Oscar year. And yeah. Sally Field was one of the people... That he interviewed, yeah. it comes out like the end of January. And and her story is very interesting. So going back to Burt Reynolds, she was being nominated for an Oscar, and he did not want to go with her. He refused to go with her. So she called up at that time comedian David Steinberg and his wife, then Judy. Mm-hmm. And David did what Burt didn't want to do, and he said, well, for God's sakes, I'll take you. And he set up a limo and a big celebration, picked her up. The three of I them, think the three of them, went, the oh, three God, of them went together, and this is the story that she's telling about her Oscar experience. And uh, you know, Sally went on to w- uh, win an Oscar for Best Actress, and then she won again in 1985 for Places in the Heart. Another so. wonderful movie. Yeah. Oh, wow, I I could see. I don't think it's that crazy to imagine at this time. Burt Reynolds, who was in a day and age where everybody praised him, that he would have a hard time with the woman outshining him. <laughs> Absolutely, that's not hard to imagine. Not and you can all. still love Burt Reynolds and, and know he'd be a terrible boyfriend at the time. He said he was a terrible kisser on Watch What <gasps> Happens Live. Yes. That's more offensive. Yeah, that yeah. Was, because mm. we are allowed to imagine the Burt yeah. Reynolds of the past picking us up and laying us down. Yeah. But to the idea that a sloppy kiss is what we would a experience. Drooler, oh. according to Sam. Yeah, she said, quote, a lot of drooling no! was involved. How? <laughs> Get that checked, Bert. Thank you, Bert. Yeah, well, um, from one, I'd say, I w- I'm not going to put these two in the same nest, but yeah, Bert was obviously a little bit... Uh, a little bit off off kilter there, but Kanye West. You don't West, think you're going to win? Did he not watch Norma Ray? That movie, if you've never he, seen it, it there are people. Up. You know this. There's guys that can be yeah, just fine, but are terrible, and they want to bring you down because they're yeah, so scared to I lose know, you. I know. You yeah. know. You know all too well. Jo- Joe Alwyn. I oh. think he's oh. a perfect example. Oh. Of he tried to present himself as this perfect boyfriend, but yeah. he really he was wanting. Taylor to give him a boost. Oh. And he just is kind of a wooden actor. Thank I you. know. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. Not a lot, not a lot of panaz. Not a lot of nothing to really latch on to. I mean I know. Other than Taylor Swift when she was there. But uh moving over to Kanye West, you know, we've been every time we bring him up, it's usually something negative. Well, here's another negative story about him. He owes <laughs> Over a month. It's the truth. I mean, it's, it's either know, he's I'm suing somebody, he's being sued, yeah. he owes money, he's being a racist. I mean, it goes on and yeah. on. The guy is a horrible person. Yeah, he's dressing his wife up to look like Kim and oh. having her be more and more naked. Super normal. The mo- uh, yeah, more and more naked is true. The most recent photos that came out of them. But he's, it 
it's come out that he owes over a million dollars in property and business taxes. So in unpaid business taxes due to a messy financial situation. So as we know, Gap, Adidas, Balenciaga, all in the last year or so have mm-hmm. left him. Mm-hmm. But uh, his Yeezy apparel has four active tax liens filed against it over the last three years for a total of $934,000 in unpaid taxes. Dang. Now, he also owes money on his two Calabasas properties that he has failed to pay property taxes on owing over a hundred thousand dollars there yeah so right now he owes over 1.3 million dollars or so in property and business taxes it's funny how your business managers and lawyers and accountants don't want to work for you if you get in fights with them all the time and say that you're not gonna i mean i think he's just so volatile i know with uh, everything that he does or doesn't do for whatever he's got going on mentally in his life People are, can't work with them. Nope. Yeah, and so who's if your business manager quits and your accountant quits, who's paying? Who's watching out? I mean, you know, when you're at that level of money, you well, yeah. have people that are. He was worth two billion, and then after all those drops, went down to four hundred billion. Yeah, it's so still he's, a lot got of, he's got money, the money. Yeah, but I think I think that he I think that there's like. Um, I think he doesn't have anybody working for him. And I think when he was married to Kim, I wouldn't be at all surprised if, you know, Chris handled his business. Absolutely. And I think she did. Yes, that would make absolute I, sense. I think she was like his manager. Listen, yeah. he's so difficult. Nobody nobody be shocked that you can't work with the guy. <laughs> no, That's right. One more here. Yeah. What do you, you think of an Elvis AI concert? Yay or nay? Mm, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it either. It's set to happen they gotta in make London. It a, they, they hasn't, it's not refined yet. Well, the, the ABBA one, though, people loved. Love I know people went to yeah. London and said the ABBA was amazing. amazing. So, so this one's called Elvis Evolution. It's okay. coming to London. It's going to be followed by an okay. after party with an Elvis-themed restaurant and bar, live music, DJs, and performances. All right. Did Riley approve this? It sure sounds like it. It's, it she must have if they have yeah. Elvis tied into right. the name of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. I'm intrigued. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll <laughs> bite. I'll bite. All right. That's your My Talk Dirt for 520. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yes, I, I have a theory. I have a theory. Everybody in the world is looking at Jeremy Allen White as the new Calvin <laughs> Klein under a model today. True. And if on, having a newfound appreciation for Leslie Gorsang, You Don't Own Me, which is what he oh. enticingly, you know, is running through what appears to be a New York Ooh. building. Yeah, rooftop. Roof, running up to the rooftop to do some Calis- squats and pecs and calisthenics. <laughs> and a little uh, pull-up bar action. I mean, his, his chiseled abs and bulging biceps he, are just like... He climbs up a ladder so elegantly in that angle... Right, the angle is perfect. The angle is perfect, if you know what I'm saying. Go check it out. Yeah. Lauren Julia show page. Perfect. Now, Grant, do you have a theory about, uh, you know, Brittany, Brittany had to leave. She okay. had a funeral oh. or a memorial to go to. and um, But I she might have a theory about this, but Zendaya just unfollowed everyone on her Instagram account, Uh-oh. including her boyfriend, Tom no. Holland. But everybody is unfollowed. 
What is your theory behind that? Oh, well, I first jumped to the, with Tom Holland being involved. She unfollowed absolutely every. It's like she, she does seem like the person that because now here Tom Holland has also said that he wants to stay out of the limelight. He's not a big fan of the Hollywood hustle and bustle. And remember, I mean, he was on some podcast about a few months ago talking about how yes. he really hates the whole limelight of it all. Right. So maybe she's taking that. To light, I'm hoping because I love them as a couple and I don't want this to be a sign of them potentially breaking up. I'm taking that as she just wants to shut down a little bit with him at the same time. I don't think there's any Spider-Man movies being mm-hmm. filmed or coming mm-hmm. out. Maybe they're just taking a break. Yeah. Like from, from society. She's really, she's not, she's not very active. She's on... not, no, she's not. I don't, I, I, I mean, I used to follow her obviously now, mm-hmm. but she doesn't post a lot anyways, but. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're doing everybody, that makes me feel a little bit better, better. that it wasn't just Tom Holland. Okay. Because I'm a big fan of All Tommy. Right. All right. All right. Well, here's another theory. Uh, the United States of authors, 47% of people think they could write a self-help book. What? <laughs> we are delusional people. Very delusional. Yeah. yeah, 40% of Americans think they could write a self-help book based on their life experiences. And... It's not just wisdom and youth that are mutually exclusive. Gen Z is Mm. the most confident. 81% of Gen Z feel they could do a book with life advice. More than millennials at 48% and way more than um, boomers. And they didn't ask Gen Jonesers, but 28%. The older you are, the less likely you are to think you can write a self-help book. That's 11, by the way, Gen Z, 97 to 2012, ages 11 to 26. Yeah. The age where you think you know everything. Yes, so I guess that (laughs) That does make sense. sense. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and apparently Gen Z, though, are more likely than any other generation to read books oh. of a self-help nature. I'll so bet. maybe this is where this is, uh, uh, they start reading these. I, like, I did not read, I'm going to honestly say, the first self-help book I really? ever read was I got divorced from my first husband, and I thought, how did I get into this mess I knew I didn't even want to get married. How did I let myself? And I read this book called The Road Less Traveled. Oh, great comment. Great known, you know, statement. Yeah. And it really, it helped me. I read it it every night. And what I basically remember about it was that I had to come to the realization of what part did I play in ah, in this, you know? Okay, okay. That was like, that's my takeaway of my memory. And then the next time I read a self-help book was I read Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point. Okay, I know that one, yes. Which is the big takeaway we took from that book was play the who do you know game. Yes. And who do you know? Everyone you know is one connector away from someone else. So yep. when Julie and I... You know, when we had our Vegas weekend and, you know, wearing the bottle caps and we realized no one was selling a nipple enhancer. And she was like, you know, we were talking, you know, how could we get this done? We're, it's a lot to invent something. We knew we needed an engineer. You know, we knew we needed all this stuff and it all seemed overwhelming. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to follow the tipping point. We're going to follow that advice and we're going to play the who do you know game and everything we need to do, we're going to 
who do we know that can help us get to it? And it all played into itself. I have, We've always credited that self-help book. That's so, cool. So you've only read two self-help books, but you've been a reader your whole life, right? Yeah, they're not my favorite. Yeah. I, You know, but uh, the, the tipping point when that came out, and the other book, I think, too, that... Malcolm Gladwell, people really liked, was The Outliers. That one and 10,000 Hours was another yeah, big yeah. one. Everything takes 10,000 hours to master. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, big yeah. One. yeah. Other books, How to Win Friends mm-hmm. and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That's probably because that has been out for so long. You know, that's a huge book. Um, the Way Forward. Um, by Young Pueblo is another one. And another book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. But um, for me, those were my self-help books. And it's also um, the theory with why uh, such a high percentage of Gen Z yeah. is, thinks that they could write a self-help book because they're the generation that there's absolutely, they don't, there's no stigma to trying to, self-help or whatever. Yeah. That would well, and, be and, and two, we were just talking about that age group, that which is right now, as of 2023, 11 to 26. And if you think about that, you go back three years, 2020, when the pandemic hit, that's a nine-year-old and a 23-year-old. Mm-hmm. Those are two pivotal ages in your life. Yep. You're graduating college and you're getting into that major socialization yep. part of your life. So it does, it does make sense to me that the Gen Z at that age had yep. become so adept to self-help books because they they... In my eyes, when we were going through the pandemic, I know it's oh, tough for they everybody. Had the wor- it, was it was the worst. The I, kids, I can't imagine the kids, that got all taken oh, away, yes. and it's it's formed their shaped their everything. Everything moving everything. forward. Yeah, like mm-hmm. imagine if you were a senior in high school, and mm-hmm. nope, you didn't get to graduate, or yeah. you were going in to be a freshman in college, yeah, or turning twenty one. I mean, all those all those years, fun that that was the. For those for Gen Z, that was that yeah. epic time. I mean, so there we go. That, they, we're, we're, we've changed our mind on this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, and you know that book, the low, the road less traveled. I mean, that book came out like in the late seventies. I'm looking at. I was looking at the cover of it. It's by Doctor yeah. something Scott Peck. I yeah. believe is his name. Yeah. yeah that but was, it really, it really helped me. Yeah. Is just what I remember when I read that book and I, I do think I had a, a counselor who recommended that I really read that book and just like read like a chapter that it would just help me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it really, so yeah, I do think, uh, the whole idea with that book too, was that you have to accept responsibility for your problems yep. rather than running away from it and running away from it was what I was good at doing I excelled at it. I think many people excel at running away. Yeah, so the road less traveled, that that saying itself, metaphorically speaking, it's someone who takes the road less traveled is acting independently, so not running away from mm-hmm. it and acting on your own, freeing themselves from the conformity of others. So mm-hmm. again, taking responsibility for yourself and not what other people did. Right. So it's exactly just, I mean, the title itself yeah. says everything that you learned yeah. out of it. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting and I'm glad we've had a good chat about all these good self-help books yeah. that are out there. Don't don't be afraid to take one up. Get a little uh, audio book and Lily, every night she goes to bed. That's true. She, she doesn't like to read physical books, but she'll just sit there and listen to it. Yeah. And uh, it really helps her calm herself down before she goes to bed. And, and I'm telling you, if you're an entrepreneurial person and you've never read The Tipping Point, that is a very good book for giving you ideas because we never would have made our body perk nipple enhancers. We did the Who Do You Know game every step of the way. That's awesome. On everything. That's, well, that's what you got to do. Yeah, but it, you know? it, it 
We didn't know you that didn't know. until we'd read the, his book. Exactly. We didn't realize. Oh, what? you're just what? What is? What do? You, what do you want? What do you need? Okay, we need an artist to make us a drawing, so we have a box because Nordstrom is buying our nipples. Who do we know? Who do we know? Yeah, just every question we posed for ourselves. We're who like, do we know? And then we were amazed at who we knew. And if we didn't know, we'd start asking our friends, who do you know that's like, that. that's how we found a patent attorney. Oh, really? Know? Yeah. yeah. So we, it's that, that degree of separation sometimes. Maybe it's not in your inner yes. circle, but it could be two or three degrees out. Yeah. That's cool. I know. I love how you guys got that together. All right. Listen, um, we will be right back. Share, uh, we do want to dance all night long. Right? You said that you would love this song in July. Yeah, well, I'm bringing it to you in January. I like it. Thank you, Grant. <laughs> You're Thank welcome. You so much. Um, let's see. Britney Spears uh, on her Instagram yesterday. Oh yeah. Said, just so we're clear, most of the news is trash. Yes. They keep saying I'm turning to random people to do a new album. I will never return to the music industry. Yep. When I write, I write for fun. Or I write for other people. For those of you who have read my book, there's loads you don't know about me. And um, she's written, she also told her followers that she's written over 20, 20 songs. songs for other people during the past two years. I'm a ghostwriter, and I honestly enjoy it that way. I like that. I had no idea that she was writing songs. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't surprise me, but I had no idea. 20 songs, mm-hmm. ghostwriter. I love that. And then yeah. she also talked about her book, too, a little yeah. bit. That book was so good, you guys. If you haven't read it, I today when Nicole at Minneapolis Skin Clinic was giving me my hydrofacial, I was. Have you read her book? Do you know how she found out about the Free Britney movement? That book is so incredible. Her yeah. story. We had it, so many things wrong mm-hmm. about her, but that was a good book. Yep, yep. She she was saying that people were saying my book was released without my appro- approval illegally. Oh my. And she God. said that's far from the truth. She wrote she wrote she said this on Wednesday. I so loved it and I'm blessed. But yes, yeah, so I guess people were telling that saying that she released it without her approval, but Oh I, yeah. That's not true, obviously. No, no. But yeah, I love that she kind of told everybody she's going to do what she wants to do. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure what thing. else is going on? Um, well, you posted for us, and we haven't talked about... Um, we talked about the feud, the new Ryan Murphy, oh, Capote yeah. versus the Swans. It looks so good. But the Mean, mean Girls Girl. Revenge Party, the final trailer, that <laughs> hits theaters next weekend, <laughs> which they always say when a movie comes out you know, in January, they don't have much hope for it but gee i thought it sure looked cute there is a scene in the trailer that i posted that you said like is on the laurie and julie show page yeah. with john ham in it and he yes. may, he's a teacher like a phi ed teacher i believe it, it they cut it off before the punchline but i think you know what the punchline is going to yeah. be and i that looks scene funny. alone made me want to go see this movie because mm-hmm. john ham is obviously on fire mm-hmm. but yeah it looks good it looks like a little blast from the past that i'm not going to be too you know because i don't like when they dip into the well too much i'm not a big fan of the reboot yeah 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 but this one it mm-hmm. looks like it's gonna work yeah. yeah but i know our top pushed button today was the jeremy allen white and the kelvin klein oh. underwear ad and i want to thank panda she uh, posted on twitter ah, the picture of us running breaking through our pickleball um banner to the sounds to the strains of you don't own me the same thing that jeremy allen is doing his running slow-mo up the new york city apartment stairs that is perfect panda Mm -hmm. i love that she's creative with that yeah she she got a perfect video there we go let's do uh let's just just hear that song okay so good oh it's worth the watch a million times over i would say and i I would say oh he is 
Yeah. He's edible. We've not had a good we have not had a good Kelvin Klein underwear ad. No. My favorite ad of all of 2023 and I don't know anyone who was not touched by it but that damn Amazon ad of the three ladies sitting watching the kids go down the on their saucers or whatever on the, the sliding sledding. hill the sledding yes. and then the one gets the seats and then they go sledding and then there's an image of all of them feeling like they were age showing how long the, that ad gets oh it makes you every up. time yeah because they're even as they're watching it you can see their their emotion it's so good it, and the, the piano playing in the background with it yeah if that ad doesn't win something out whatever <laughs> they do for ad, you know when they recognize great ads yeah you can Google Joyride Amazon. Is that it'll, what it's, it's called? It's called Joyride Amazon, and it'll come right up on your Google or YouTube. It's it's touching. Very, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Good really call. Is. I didn't even think about that one. But it, that just was hands down my favorite ad. That was a good one. Because mm-hmm. it was just like every time I'd see it, I'd go, don't fast forward. <laughs> I love this ad so much. Yeah. It gives me the feels. Um, and then, you know, Natasha Bedingfield walking on sunshine because... People are uh, rediscovering Unwritten because it's featured prominently. Maybe it's performed as a karaoke song. We should have asked our lady because several people, I guess, sing Unwritten mm-hmm. in Anyone But You. But yeah, it's uh, doing very it's doing very well. Well, um, one other music note that I could add to this little convo. Did you hear that Iggy Azalea is calling it quits on her new album? She is... <sighs> She is stepping back. They've her and Tory Lanez have mm-hmm. been working on this album in, for for a couple over a year, and then he got convicted of oh. sh- with, remember with uh, mm-hmm. Megan the Stallion and shooting her, mm-hmm. sentenced for ten years. Mm-hmm. And after he was sentenced, she was obviously not happy about that. But she kept teasing all these you know singles that were going to come out, but never released anything. And now she put up the white flag and she said she's done with. She's dropping the album. Well, and- she ta- she's on OnlyFans, and I think she's going to house host. Season two of the revamped House of Style on MTV. And that makes sense because she wants to focus on now uh, declaring that she's going to hang up her shoes in the music world and get into um, a designer and 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 being more of a, a, a designer is what she Julie wants to do. Julie and I, when it was TCF Bank Stadium, we went to the Iggy Azalea concert. I bet and you. it was when Fancy was out. Oh, great song. And that great song. And we just played it obsessively. And But I guess, you know, maybe, I guess maybe she feels like... You know, I don't know. She, I I guess she could be a one hit wonder. She she admitted that she no longer loves expressing herself through music. In truth, it's what I've known for a long time is that I feel more passionately about design and creative direction than I do about songwriting. And according to her, when she was on with Andy Cohen a few months ago, she does unbelievable business on OnlyFans. Yes, because she scolds men. For things, oh. she, she's a scolder, oh, yeah. a dominatrix, dominatrix type. You are bad, bad, bad. Yeah, boy. you're a bad boy with a bad wiener, doing bad things, to, can, or however you talk. I you can know? see her doing that. With and the, she gave Andy some examples, and of course, you know it always. Everything sounds so good in the Aussie and accent, the, yes. the English, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. So she's doing all right financially, I'm sure. I'm it's just, sure. But it, but it's you know when you put all that work. I mean, dating back, like I said, through 2022. That's when she was working with uh, Tori on this album, and now it's finally done. So maybe maybe no more music, and maybe OnlyFans, and like you said, hosting that show. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But, oh, uh, Mrs. Banks. I'm just looking at yeah. Glennis Johns as Mrs. Banks in, in uh, Mary Poppins. Yeah. She really was so pretty. Beautiful. That's like, okay, like she's old Hollywood. She is old Hollywood. I would definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100 years old, that's a good life. Yeah. But uh, how about what do you say about the gold? I mean, it's not she that. She just did an interview not that long ago and was asked about how turning... A hundred felt. And she said, well, I looked good for every age. It doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah. That is fantastic. She did. The, she turned a hundred in October of last year. Yeah. So she just not too long ago. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. At any age, she looked good for every age. <laughs> yeah. And I guess uh, Sondheim wrote the um, Send in the Clowns because she had a very distinctive husky voice, but she lost the part in the 1977 film version of A Little Night Music to Elizabeth Taylor. Really? Yeah. Oh. And then, of course, you know, many people went on to record Send in the Clowns. Yeah, Judy Collins. Yeah. Anyway, she's she's quite a she's quite a lady. Uh-huh. Maybe someone in the morning will do something on the morning show. All right, well, we're off to watch The Golden Bachelor. The big wedding. The big wedding. I'll try and contain my excitement. And I'm Gary. I'm 72, you. and I'm your first tomorrow. ever Golden Bachelor. <laughs>